right, nothing to see here. Alicia and Kat live in the studio. Get out of here. <laughs> What'd you say? Cool, get, get out of here. Well, it's because last week you like, or not last week, the week before you like introduced me and I was preaching. So today we're like back in the studio live. Oh my gosh, it's my office. Okay. Well, listen, people out there don't know that, but I'm be like, whoa. If we start filming these, we'll know. We are going to be filming yeah. these and I'm I super excited. I say as like a buffer. So okay. like, let's backtrack. Uh, we spent like two grand. We are going to be videoing. <laughs> we, yeah. So yeah. Not yet. We're excited we about that. half of it. Oh, sorry. We spent half. I don't half. get to spend yes. the next half till what? Next, <laughs> this month? It's I'm coming like, in. It's coming in. No, I'm excited because I think it's just, um, I don't know. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're on episode 52, which is pretty cool. So, um, I know I said we did that. A y- oh, cause I was like 52 weeks, but we do it every, just never mind. Yeah, My brain went somewhere. It's but fine. You're probably still like, I'm in, still like, on vacation, vacation mode. mode. How did that go? <laughs> it went great. <laughs> I found 193 shark's teeth. <laughs> so wild. Now, most people don't know this about Alicia C, but she is an avid collector of shark's teeth. And I, as you can tell, this is the most I've ever found. I even searched because I was like, is this a Guinness world book of record oh. that I found <laughs> this many? It's not. Um, but I mean, I thought that was pretty epic. Um, Jay, my seven-year-old, she found seven, over 75. So that was just unreal, her oh eyes. Gosh, so this yeah. is like generationally, because my real dad taught me and then me and I would, so I looked at him. I was like, look, this is like generational, but he doesn't have a lot of personality. So he, just, <laughs> he was like, okay. I so, love that he's got a very dry humor. Very, very dry that sometimes you're like, you love me, right? You know, so. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, we had a great time. We were in Topsail, North Carolina, which I did do some research because I was like, you know, we found so many, and I guess Topsail, North Carolina is one of the top rated for finding sharks. Because I guess the way the ocean, were, I don't know, because I don't understand so any of that. Sharkies? I don't know. We don't have to think about <laughs> we that. We don't think about it. <laughs> no, but then I was looking up where is the best place, and it's Venice, Florida. So I was like, hey, Brian, sometime I found this great place we need to go on a vacation. He was like, Venice, Florida, what even made you think of that? I was like, well, wow, they do have the best shark teeth hunting. And he was like, are you kidding me? You have a problem. And so because anytime he couldn't find me, it was because I was outside <laughs> looking for them. And one, she go? yeah, he was he cooked like I hate cooking. So he cooked like three of the meals. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I didn't cook one. <laughs> I sliced a chicken and um, and marinated it because I know how to do a chicken marinade. That's amazing. <laughs> And he was like, of course you're out there. You're obsessed with finding shark's teeth. So yeah, if you didn't know that about me, it's a huge thing. I absolutely love it. You have so many like little bottles full of I do. Teeth. So I have it. So just so you can picture this, because I want you to really be able to picture this, because <laughs> I know this is earth shattering and so important for this podcast for you to grow. Um, the miniature ketchup bottles. That's what I have them in. Oh, that, that's what they are? They're miniature ketchup They're bottles. So, cute. so back in the day in diners, that's what they would have as little ketchup bottles that's like so that. And they would hand those to people too. and they could use it for, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. So thing of, things have gone downhill from now. So they give you packets. They used to give that, you I mean, glass jars. But they used to give you glass jars. But like, I don't like it when they bring me an entire bottle of ketchup. No, but you understand. I'm saying back in the day at diners, you would get your own I'm little glass. I'm not that young. I know. <laughs> I've... It's bougie. I love it. I've seen movies. You're I was so like, I done. don't think I've ever, actually ever died anywhere that has glass bottles. <laughs> it's bougie, and I love it. Yeah. Um, you know what we did a couple weeks ago before we left out of town? This has nothing to do with the podcast. We ate at one of those. So growing up flying, because um, I would fly a lot by myself when I was younger to go visit my dad, so I'd have to wear that like lanyard around my neck that was like, you knew she was under 12 years old. <laughs> um, 
but no, under 18, not under 12. Sorry, that was awkward. Um, they, I would always look in the American Airlines <laughs> magazine and it would be like, come and eat at this Texas Day Brazil. And it's like, they bring meats to your table. Well, the other night, one of our friend's birthdays, that's where she wanted to go. So we went there. Dude, I have never eaten so much food in my life. I woke up all night long with a stomach ache. Oh my gosh. Because my stomach, your headphones fell off. I know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the mic didn't fall off. I'm going to I just heard this like slow sliding. <laughs> Um, that's how sometimes we start to pull away from the Lord. It's slow. Okay. okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, but they just keep coming by. Hey, do you want that? And it's just meat constantly. And then they have this like massive, they call it a salad bar. Let me tell you something. It's a bougie salad bar. Cause it's like, Oh, there's lobster bisque. Oh, there's this, there's this. So it's like, I don't know if there's one near you, you got to do it at least once. I don't think it's one of those places I would want to go again, which sounds weird. Yeah. It's not, it's just because it's just so much food <laughs> and I woke up every three hours in pain oh because I ate so much, but it's like after I, I like went to the restroom and I was like, I think I can do some more. <laughs> I probably oh, no. should just, you made room. I made room. So. You use your dessert stomach. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, I'm going to move on now to something spiritual. <laughs> so I had a great I'm tan. That's what matters. Wore white shirt. So for saturate tonight, would you, if you don't know what saturate is, because you know, you don't go to our church, you don't live here in Arkansas. Um, or maybe you live here in Arkansas, but you don't go to our church yet. And that's totally fine. I mean, but you should come cause it's great. Um, I was like, I'm wearing a white shirt cause I'm gonna look tan, but, um, and so about worshiping God, yes, it's a prayer night. Yes. Worship has nothing to do with how Alicia but looks. She will look tan up yeah, on that stage. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's so unimportant. I feel so unspiritual. Like I need to pray now. Okay. Yeah, so, um, something I was thinking about when I was on, I don't I don't know if I thought about it when we were on the, yeah, I actually did. I think, cause I was talking to a friend of mine and, um, the scripture Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We know it. People have it up in their house. They have it as a bookmark in their Bibles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like his word, it's light. It's, you know, and his yeah. is a lamp and do, you know, and it's like something to really unpack in this scripture that even I'm realizing in this moment that I don't know why I didn't realize it before and I didn't have it written down, but I'm going to say it now that we're doing it because I didn't even think of referencing. Sorry, I'm just having this like <laughs> moment of Holy Spirit epiphany right now. Okay, so we're pretty much calling this one Every Step I Take, which, side note, I wanted to open up this whole podcast with Every Step I Take. I said, absolutely not. I know, she was like, we are going to be flagged, um, but old school song, you know. And um, But I feel like we don't like when pretty much we don't like that really our life is lived by one step at a time. Yep. I, I think I love um, C.S. Lewis says this, what saves a man is to take a step, then another step. <laughs> I mean, it's like earth shattering, yes. right? But it's so true. And when you really read this scripture, Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I think so many people are always like, uh, you know, I have quiet times, but they're not amazing. And I'm reading the word, but I'm not really getting anything out of it. And especially if you're trying to read through, you know, the Bible in a year, you can be like, oh my gosh, why do I have to read Deuteronomy? Why am I reading numbers? Who cares about Leviticus? You know, and it's like, you know, we do a thing where we read. Uh, me and my husband read the Bible through every year. We've done this for two or three years. No, three years. Yeah. Um, um, in a month, January, we read the whole Bible. And every year in the books that I don't think God's going to, in my mind, I'm like, is he really in this one? Like, you know what I mean? Something, it's just like, I remember reading in numbers and I was reading all those names and he was like, do you know why I put these in here? Because every name counts. And mm. I was like, Thank you for bringing tears to my eyes, reading numbers, which I never thought would happen, you know, and then yeah. you're reading the Levitical and you're reading all these 
man, do's and don'ts, and you can't, and you're reading them over and over again. Like if a man has leprosy and you put them out, and all that, you're like, man. And it's like God's like, I'm in the details, and I'm like. Okay. And so when I read this, we have to understand that Bible, the the beautiful thing about the Bible is everything is so relevant, but at the same time, we have to go back and realize, okay, the writers of when they were writing, there was a particular way that life was lived at that time. So when David is writing, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, we can read it and think, okay, when I read the word, the word becomes alive to me and it's like a light and I know where to walk and all this kind of stuff. But back in Bible land time, okay. <laughs> <laughs> biblical times, <laughs> it's Bible lands. I love it. Um, areas that were dry and rocky, it was hard to travel. And at night, especially, there was a lot of narrow pathways and stuff like that. So without light, you're going to stumble. That is just like a known fact. Um, if you were on a narrow way and you were near a cliff, cliff, okay, I got to learn to talk. Um, I love how they say you could stumble and fall to your death. (laughs) (laughs) I was doing some research and that's how they wrote it out. I was like, I love it. Possibility. Possibility of this happening. But what they talked about was a lot of these times that, um, they, so people, they would have a lamp. Sometimes it would be tied to the edge of a rope and the traveler would swing it out in front of him as he walked. Other travelers would tie a smaller lamp to their ankle. As their foot went out for a step, the light would shine on the path so they could see exactly where to place their foot. In this way, a traveler could have his hands free to carry a load. There's so much here and yet still see where he was going. Mm. That's such a crazy visual. Oh my gosh! And I actually went and looked at some pictures of them, and they're pretty wild. The way that you can see say, them. I'm yes. like the my visual of a little lamp on someone's shoe is just I yes. Feel like it was ankle. almost like it came out the side the way that some of the pictures yeah. showed. And so when I'm thinking of David writing this, I feel like what he's thinking of is oh man, those travelers I've seen at nighttime who are traveling there during a very man. This is a hard you know. It's dark and I don't know where I'm going. But here's the deal. This is what I'm trying to get at for us. They could only see the where they were getting ready to step next. Yeah. I go back to, to the scripture, your word. Okay, so it's not just what God's telling me. His word is lighting up enough from where I'm stepping to yeah. next. And so many times, you know, for me, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Actually, one of our sisters, I was talking to her about this, that quiet times for me are not some of the most revelatory moments for me. Um, It's in, we, so on vacation, um, new worship album came out. I'm sitting in the back of the car and all Brian sees is my hands. I just keep wiping my eyes. I'm just bawling back there because of what I was being moved by some of this prophetic worship. And that's when a lot of stuff takes place. But I don't feel like those moments would happen if I didn't have a consistent time in his word and with him because I'm getting to know who he is. I'm getting to sit in this and I'm getting to understand him. But I think for, for the Christian or for anybody, I think it's the everything comes in one step. And I think we want to see everything and we're just not like if everything went the way that I wanted to be a youth pastor when I was 15, didn't happen until I was 29. (laughs) Um, I remember at 15, I was in a group called hell fighters because that was our youth name. Come on, you know, I'm in something intense. I'm Alicia C. Um, 
We would listen to Meredith Baxter, which she would tell her stories about visiting hell, if you believe it or not, whatever. But we would listen to it and then go out. Um, I lived in Tulsa at the time. And so we would go to the Walmart parking lot because that's where everybody hung out. So we'd listen to these horrifying, (laughs) detailed (laughs) things about demons and hell and the people being tortured there. And then you'd be like, you got to know Jesus. You don't want to die and go to hell. They're going to torment you for the rest of your life. You know, you were so excited to go get people saved because you had sat in that. And so for me, I knew what I wanted at 15, but it doesn't mean that that happened. Yeah. And you I know? think a lot of times too, for people that's like, I, I mean, we just had graduations a couple of uh, weeks ago, I think it is. And I just kept hearing like, people be like, so what are like two younger people? Like, what are you going to do next? What's your next step? And like, for some people, they know what they want to do, but then for other people, they have no idea what the next step is. And that can be terrifying for them. And they could think, well, if I don't have my entire future mapped out, then that means I'm either not in the will of God or I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And sometimes it is just taking one step at a time. I think a lot of times we look at our life as this big bulk of something and like what is going to happen will happen for forever. When a lot of times we need to look at our lives in, in seasons, in chapters of just, it's not about it's it. Once God tells you to do something, it's going to be now forever (laughs) for the rest of your life. It's not that way. A lot of times God works in seasons. You see that so much throughout the Bible too. He moves people from one place to the next. And we're like, but I want to do one thing for the rest of my life and it'd be the same thing. And God's like, but what if that's not my plan? Like for some people it might be, it might be like, Hey, I want you to do this. And this is it. Some people it might not be. And a lot of times we have hard, a hard time with it because we don't like change and we don't like it when things are moving and shifting in our lives. And we're like, but I wanted to stay the same. I was comfortable. And God's like pushing us out of our comfort zone and being like, well, (laughs) maybe something else right now. Yeah. And I think we have to be willing to, move in the direction that God is asking us to step. And, yeah. and, and this is, I'll say it a hundred times more in more podcasts. The only way we please God is by faith, period. Yeah. And we live our Christian walk by faith. It is not lived by assurances. It is not lived by certainty. And I think certainty is the opposite of faith. I don't think it's doubt. I think it's, I don't want to do something unless I'm certain it's going to work. I don't want to lay hands on this person. I don't want to believe for this unless I'm certain. Well, that might not be how it works. Because I mean, I know with our adoption story... The only step we could see in front of us was reach out to an adoption agency. The next step, the only thing that we could see from that one was, okay, send an email. I mean, it was one step, and then it was, there wasn't any more steps to take. We were to stand there till they called, hey, we've matched you. Um, you're going to have a baby in 13 days. I mean, those are the things that took place of sitting in moments of, okay, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Okay, so not only, you know, I, I think so many times we are waiting for God to speak to us and he's given, and not that he won't, that's not what I'm saying, but his word is filled with so much stuff that he will use to say, I'm talking to you. I'm speaking to you. Um, there were moments when I was reading your book, The Problem with Mortals, and it was like, you know, people who have, in my mind, have never dealt with emotions, this will make you deal with emotions yeah. because you've got to, you're like, 
oh, you're kind of calling me out here. You're kind of <laughs> saying something to me. Oh, wow, I could see myself in this. You begin to do that. And I think the Bible has so much of that. But I want to go back to seasons because I want you to share um, kind of what you walked through the other day, yeah. being outside and what God, I want you to share that because yeah. I think it's so powerful. So just the other day, I was, and they have been out of town for like this couple of weeks and people kept asking me like, how are you doing being alone at the house? <laughs> and I'm like... I miss them. I don't miss the sounds that they make. <laughs> like because like, we live in our attic, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they live in my attic, and so they're just very noisy people. And, no, we're not. We have wood floors. Okay. Well, the other day, I was like, "There's Leisha. She's vacuuming again. That's so cool." <laughs> um, Dude, hold on. So they had a wireless vacuum. Wireless cordless okay <laughs> vacuum at that place i can't even tell you how many times I oh vacuumed. my gosh at the i, at I the, was like if my sister's on vacation <laughs> on the vacation home i was like it's like being at home oh i can because i could vacuum up all the sand okay go ahead oh no anyway so like people were like checking up on me and everything and they're like do you not do you don't you just hate being alone i'm like no i'm fine um and like previously like i want to say a couple months ago i went through like a, the valley like it was a real tough time being single being alone it was just like I don't like this this is not fun I'm not having a good time God like I don't I don't understand and so like you know there's just these moments that I had and so like I felt like God was like slowly bringing me out of it and especially with them being gone I'm I usually have a tougher time with it because like I don't hear people above me um there's no noise and so like I was like just chilling in my hammock the other day I was reading, the sun was setting, we live in like gorgeous property and like it was just so quiet, like the birds are chirping and I just was like, how many people wish they had this right now? Like, and Alicia lifts up both arms right now. <laughs> how many people wish that they didn't have to cook for someone or didn't have to put someone to bed right now or didn't have to like, you know, figure out schedules with another person? And Sink. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, I, I feel like I'm living the life that a lot of people wish they had, but I live sometimes in my head of like, but it's not where I want to be right now. I can see the future. I know one day I'll be married, all this kind of stuff, but it's not happening right now. And I felt like God was like, but what if this is my gift to you right now? Like Come what, on. what if this is something that I'm gifting you and you keep looking at the seasons, like two seasons down, you're, you're in spring right now. And you're like, where's the winter? And it's like so many <laughs> seasons away. And I'm wishing for a different season that I'm in. And I'm like, this is actually fantastic. Like, yes, I'm not seeing anyone right now. Yes. It's bleak and you know, <laughs> there's nothing out here, but it is pretty wonderful. It is pretty great to just be able to live my own life, to be able to just any moment, just be like, I'm going to go pop into a coffee shop and sit there for five hours and read. Like, that's a wonderful thing. Do you to pee without anybody knocking on the door? <laughs> <laughs> no. Or calling your name Except out? Except yesterday I peed upstairs and everyone was there. I opened the door and I screamed my head she off. Did. And they were like, what's happening? And I was like, Coco. Dog. Our dog. Coco was just looking at me. And I had no idea she was going to be just She's waiting obsessed. for me to yes. Stop peeing. Yeah. So it happens if I'm upstairs. Yes. But you know, God was just sharing me this perspective of like, this is my gift to you right now. And I'm like, you can be wishing you were at a different season in life, or you could be realizing how, how well you have it. Yeah. And so that perspective shift has been so big for me because it was like, I finally saw it. I finally realized I was like, I'm, 
I've arrived. Like I've been waiting right. to arrive. I've arrived. Like yeah. this is uh, this is my moment. Type of thing. <laughs> this is my moment. <laughs> no, but I love that because you. This is my gift to you because I go back to um, <laughs> what about Bob's one of my favorite <laughs> movies, and he's like, there's this part where he's walking down the road and he's like, I'm alone, and then he goes. I'm alone. And he starts running like in a zigzag way. And it's because he's freaking out because he's not. And it's like, he's not happy. You could have done that where it was like, you could have honed in on that, which both are true. I'm alone. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm alone. alone. (laughs) But you took at, man, I'm alone. I'm in this gift. And I'm telling you, it's all about perspective. It's all looking, you know, through the correct lens. I mean, you know, this in filming, it's like, if, cause you've told me before that lens won't work on this camera and I'm like, but it looks like you're like, I know, but it won't. And it's like, or it won't perform as well as it can if it's in the wrong, if it's on the wrong body. And a lot of times I think we are trying to take other people's lenses and they don't fit on our body. They don't fit for our life. Oh, I want to live this way. Or I want my life to look like this. And you know, like I was processing, I put up adorable pictures of our family for, for Instagram. I mean, just adorable, Yeah. but I didn't put up any of the, the, the fits, the, <laughs> um, crying cause we were having to go to bed early, the being upset, you know, you're not giving me more fruit snacks, you know, I mean, all you parents out there understand vacations with, with babies, two year olds, different it's, you need a vacation after your vacation, you know, yeah. and, and me and Brian beforehand, we were like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Here's our game plan. Some days you're going to take her for her nap and then I'll stay on the beach. And then someday, you know, and we did such a great job with that. But at the same time, it's not like we just talked. I will tell you this. We have planned our own vacation together. So, I mean, we, and I love, and we went with the expectation of knowing this is not about fully resting for us. This is about creating memories with our family. This is about, um, these girls and what it looks like. And we had especially with our seven-year-old, some beautiful conversations with her. Um, you know, we, I was talking with her, um, we were in the kitchen, um, two nights ago and we were talking about doing this podcast and I said, man, I want to do it on. And so I was, you know, I always let Kat know ahead of time, this is what I was processing and thinking, or she'll come to me with something. And I said, your, you know, your word is a lamp to my feet and light in my path. And a lot of times you don't know the next step. And, and Jay goes, mom, can I share something about that? And I'm like, bring it. And she's like, and I think about it this way. You might feel like you're taking a step alone, but you were taking that step with faith. I literally you are not crying. alone. Oh, you did. <laughs> like, Kat's like, oh my gosh. Okay. And Jay has these like just epiphany moments. And I thought, wait a second, you're right. Like, even though, because when you're reading this and, and even when you're reading the historical and it's saying, you know, someone traveling alone at night by themselves, it's like, but I'm not taking that step alone. Mm, Faith is helping me take that step. Faith is lighting up just enough for me to put my foot down safely somewhere. Yeah. And when you look at this scripture and you really read it for what it is, not just Oh, a light shining down, really thinking, okay, if somebody was having, because there, in this context, there must've been something very important for people having to be traveling at nighttime. Yeah. And I think a lot of times in life, there are situations where it's like, I'm going to have to face the darkness in order to get where I'm trying to get. Yeah. And when I, when I look at the context in which, which this is written, it is dark because why else would you need light? Okay. So when I'm looking at that, 
contextually in uh-huh. the word of God, that tells me that a lot of the times where path is going to be lit up, where things that need to click and make sense are going to be in very dark seasons. Okay. So can I bring my mung bean? Please do it. I love <laughs> so it. So I wanted to grow my own bean sprouts. And to do that, you literally get mung beans, you soak them for the day, for a day. And then the next day you just rinse them for like two, three days. And then after like five days, even three, maybe six, like they're like the perfect length. They, you have mung, you have uh, bean sprouts. And so there's like these Korean side dishes that I want to make with them and stuff. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is so easy to make. So like at 3, 8, 4 a.m. the other day, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm just going to buy this. And it came that day. And I was like in the kitchen and I was like talking to Leisha about it and the process and stuff. And I was like, these black sleeves it comes with, you put this over the mason jar, which mm-hmm. where the, um, the mung beans are sitting as they're growing into the bean sprouts. And I was like, if you put this black cover over it, the light can't get into to it and it makes them taste sweeter and makes them um, like the textures better. Everyone says like, oh yeah, put these because they're more white. If you see a lot of bean sprouts, okay. they're the white ones. If you take the cover off, they're the green bean sprouts. So they kind of grow a little differently. Okay. But I was like, that's so crazy that when it's like in a darker environment, they grow better, they grow sweeter. And I feel like a lot of times we're in, you know, I've always said like I'm under a rock or we have like cave seasons or yep. it's like we feel like we're walking in the darkness and we look at that as such a negative thing when actually that's it's a protecting thing like Mm -hmm. I feel like God is protecting me in this season of my life of not having to worry about all the stuff that I could be worried about right there's so many things that could come to like I mean, people tell you to put yourself out there. Just try dating. But I'm like, do you understand? Like, if I know I have like a phone conversation with someone or I think so much all the time and my over-processing brain probably couldn't handle doing all of that, having conversations with a bunch of random dudes all the time. I don't want to do that. That seems exhausting. So I'm like, if I'm in the dark right now and God is protecting me, it's not that I'm like, you know, I'm in the depths of despair. It is that like, I feel like honestly (laughs) that- for real. Yeah. Um, Princess Bride. Yeah, the pits of despair. Oh, okay. Yes, Thank you. Like, Don't ever bride. argue with me about movie quotes. No, Go not ahead. with Princess Bride. No, I should back to spiritual. Anyways, Sorry. <laughs> what I'm saying is, I feel like a lot of times it can be a very negative thing that we look at it, um, and and God is protecting us in the season, and yeah. He's keeping us safe, and He's keeping us in the dark for a reason because He knows what is best for us. And a lot yes. of times we want to be out in the light and we want to be like, wow, but God's like, "Go back. Yeah, you're, you're going to be sweeter, right? <laughs> if you're in the no, darkness. I love that. And here's another perspective. Perspective, you're just God's best kept secret. Oh. I mean, thinking of it as in when God's ready for it to be revealed, you'll be revealed. Yeah. And I think so many times we're thinking, oh, I'm not being noticed. I'm not this. What if God is keeping you as a secret? Yeah. And there's a reason. And, you know, when I was doing my mentorship with Rita Springer, you know, she talks so much about God created seasons for a reason and we will live seasonally. We don't get to stay in one. And for yeah. so many, you know, you talked about that earlier on being comfortable and wanting this and this, and it's like, we're constantly going to be pushed out of our comfort zone. Once we figure out one area of our life, God is ready. Okay, now the next. I mean, anytime where I'm like, God, show me areas I can grow, I'm usually like, okay, let me start with the first two. You just gave me 10. That was a lot. So let me start with the first two, and then I'll move to three and four. I mean, it's like there's there's always room for growth. Yeah. We're not going to get to a place where it's like there's no more because honestly, you know, I want to grow as much here as cheesy as this sounds, because when I get to heaven, I don't want to have to go to class up in heaven because I didn't spiritually reach someplace. Like, I don't know if I'm pretty sure I've probably said this on a podcast, but like, instead of being known here on earth, when it comes to being a worship leader, I want to be so intimately acquainted to God. Philippians 3.10, for my determined purpose is to know him. I mean, intimately be acquainted with him 
that when I'm in heaven, the moment I get there, it would be like, hey, you can actually go and lead worship in the throne room because you've already been there. Yeah. And now you're just going to have a piece of it, but not like, oh man, there's still so much for you to learn. Yeah. You're going to wait out here. Like yeah. you get, because I mean, I don't know how heaven heaven is built. I don't know if, you know, if there's like righteousness classes that people have to go to that didn't figure it out. Because what if somebody just got saved? Do they just automatically know everything to get in heaven? Or if it's like, Hey, you got to go to the download central and get some information. I don't know. I'm just saying for, I think down here, we look so much for the acclaim, the acclamation, the affirmation here, mm. instead of looking, okay, what is heaven saying about me? Does yeah. heaven know my name? You know, and that should matter. And I think that's the thing to grab a hold of. And also seeing these seasons we're in, I love that you said, this is God's gift to me. And, you know, because I remember being single and people that were married were like, oh my gosh, enjoy this time. And I was like, no, I can't wait to cook (laughs) and clean and all this stuff. And now I'm like, ah, I mean, you know, just give me a moment of silence. Like today, a friend of mine took my seven-year-old. And so uh, my two-year-old was sleeping today and I just sat outside and I just looked at our land and we do, we just have, we just sit on a gorgeous piece of property. And I just started praying and I was like, I just needed this, like just this silence, just to prepare for tonight and just praying. And I was listening to the song I wanted to lead tonight to open up, you know, saturate with. And I was just like, God, I just want you to move on your people. And it's like, when you can just step out. And I will tell you that time was a little bit more in a sense, beautiful than my quiet time this morning, even though yes, at 6am I was with the Lord, but today my intimate time with him was different. I just think the consistency of it is great. Bill Johnson talks about this all the time that I might not know what I ate last Saturday, but I know that it sustained me. Yeah. I know it did something for me. So yeah. I look at the the sustaining power of being in his word, of knowing him and knowing his nature. You know, but when I really when I really look at it, Jackie Hill Perry said it like this this week, God doesn't owe you an explanation for where you're at. Yeah. That's good. And I remember weeks ago Bill Johnson said, God doesn't owe me an explanation for anything. He doesn't work for me. I work for him. Yeah. And I think we're under this just mentality. And listen, we we have to remind ourselves that we live in a world where the the enemy's fingertips are everywhere. And what God does is he gives God is a responder. He is going to respond to things. He says, okay, bad is going to happen. Give, Let me be a part of the answer. Let yeah. me be a part of this. But I think sometimes, you know, I I think sometimes his answers aren't what we want. Sometimes yeah. it's not an answer. Sometimes it's rest. Yeah. You know, sometimes people are like, I don't understand why God's not healing my body. I've been this and this. And, and it's like, um, maybe if you rested and took a Sabbath and ate well, you would be fine. Yeah. Like it's, it's almost like, I think we put so much on God and it's like, there are natural things we could be doing to be better. Yeah. You well, know? I mean, even when like God tells us to move into a season and we're like, it's either new vocation, new something, whatever it is. And we're like, okay, so this is what it's going to be like forever. And we have this mentality of like, this season will never end. And when things start moving and shifting, we get so <laughs> uncomfortable because we're like, wait, but God told me to do this. God told me to have this right. friendship. God told me to have this relationship. Mm-hmm. God told me to get this raise. And then all of a sudden things start moving. Well, he wanted that for you for a season, but now right. it's time to move on. Yeah. And a lot of times we get super uncomfortable with that because we don't, we were comfortable and now we're uncomfortable and we're like, we don't like to be uncomfortable. It's because I think we master where we're at and yeah. we want to stay where we feel like yeah. we've mastered it. That's good. And, and not move. I mean, here's the truth. We were really, really good youth pastors. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all were. And then God's like, okay, now you're going to be senior pastors. And then y'all sucked. And yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, we had a lot of growing to do. And it was we like, great here we were. And it was like, youth kids were easy. I mean, honestly, not in a bad way. I mean, it is a bad way. You can be a little bit more controlling. You can say yeah. the thing. You don't have to sugarcoat stuff with youth kids. Right. They can take it. Yeah. Um, church people <laughs> are very overly sensitive and they have expectations that are beyond anything yes. that I've ever even been aware that could be. I yep. mean, it's like when you pastor, you're like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? Yep. You know, and you have moments where you go, Holy Spirit, help me right now. Um, and you do, you have to have Holy Spirit. But I remember we were comfortable being youth pastors. We were yeah. happy being youth pastors. I was like, we will die being youth pastors. Yep. And then it's like, Hey, we want you to take this sinking ship of a church, uh, where the pastor, the other pastor had a massive moral failure and we want you to keep it afloat and try to pastor it where people are not trusting pastors whatsoever. Right. I'm sorry. One more time, Lord. Like I remember crying. Jay was our seven year old. Now she was six months old. Um, well, no, when it first happened, she wasn't even born. But I remember when we were stepping out completely by ourselves to lead the thing, um, we had been doing it a while with other people. So it was kind of like way more helpful because it's like you're doing it with people. And then it was like, okay, now y'all are going to do it by yourselves. And it's yeah. like, I'm sorry, one more time. <laughs> and it's like, so everything is honest, like financially and every, you know, and it's like me and Brian conversations, do we need to get second jobs? I mean, is everything yeah. going to be okay? There's $1,200 in the bank. This is terrifying. It's and so crazy. just in itself, the electric bills more than that. Like it oh was like, Okay. And it was just, and here's the deal. It was one step. It was literally one week at a time. Yeah. It was like, yeah. God was like, don't look at anything beyond one day, one step. I'll light it. Yeah. And that's what he did. And little by little. And I remember we still have one of our original advisory team members because we have an advisory team and they oversee a lot of the stuff when it comes to salaries and stuff like that. So that our hand is off of that. And he goes, I remember when you guys met with me and you told me you ever, you only had $1,200 in the bank. And he said, I looked at you too. And you're just smiling <laughs> and you just seem to have this faith. I was like, no, we were terrified, but I mean, it's the only thing you can grab a hold of is faith in that moment, you know? And he said, I remember thinking, oh my God, like he said, I <laughs> oh, internally no. was panicking, but I couldn't even panic in front of you too, because you're just smiling from ear to ear. Like, look what God's doing. And, That's I, great. and he said, I was like, oh my God. I don't know if y'all are going to be okay, yeah. you know? And it was, and he, and no, so seven years, we're going to be celebrating in August, our seven year anniversary. And he, he's still a part of the team and he will just talk all the time when we get to meet, like, I still can't believe what God did. Yeah. And it was just little by little, it was taking one step. I remember even in the story of adoption, it was one step was look on Google yep. and as unspiritual as that sound, the one that sounded the most spiritual Abba adoption, what we picked, it yeah. was like, well, Abba father, I mean, they must know Jesus, you know? <laughs> And it was like email. It was just one step. Yeah. One thing led to another. And I I love this. I want to kind of end with uh, C.S. Lewis, another quote from him. He said, there are far, far better things ahead than any we leave behind. Mm. And I think it's just trusting that if God's leading you somewhere, it's going to be better. Yeah. Even if you don't feel it, even if you don't see it, even if you don't believe it, I would say take those steps by faith, because I do believe that your best days are ahead. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast today, I'd love for you to rate it, review it, or hey, even subscribe. Thanks so much for listening.